0: We are talking about going from love avoidant to love available today. Y'all been waiting for it. And here it is, um, our annual review of our framework, talking about this part of the journey to becoming a healed and loved woman. So, um, buckle up, we're about to get ready to do this, and um, it's going to be interesting to see what comes out this week. Uh, before we jump in, I'm so happy to hear that the No Contact episodes have been helping you, um, the Sit On Your Hands one, then the No Contact one, it sounded like it hit the right spot for some of you right when you needed it, affirmed some things you needed to know, uh, heard things that you felt like you already knew, but just said in, in a different way, so it hit or it landed at the right time. And so I am so happy that it has helped you become more free and more connected to yourself uh, and to make hard decisions for yourself. So I am sending you blessings and joy as you go into this process. I said this over and over again in the previous episode, um, when I was going over the process, um, but as you get in the first week or two. Even if, especially if you're starting off with some really strong emotion, like, you know, I'm gonna do it this time and, you know, I'm ready and, and I got this and, you know, I, I got this podcast I'm gonna keep listening to and I got my therapist and I got these other people, um, no contact is very hard. And after the initial newness of these emotions um, were off, I'm saying this because I want to normalize for you that you don't feel if you start to feel weak, if you start to feel doubtful, if you start to miss the person, no contact does not and your your desire to be deliberate about these next steps does not mean that you're not going to miss the person does not mean you're not going to have feelings for them. And those those feelings start to become stronger the more you go but it does end but it does come back and so I want to say that because I want you to know that you're still on the right track if or when you get to that place where you're like okay this is hard <laughs> and listening to this episode is not is not hitting it I really, really, really want to remind you that the no contact and detox kit is available for you. I share more tools, I share more outlines, I share more things for you to do during this process to stay on track. I talk about creating a recovery plan and a safety plan for whenever you are triggered. I talk about some tools that you can take with you on the road, at school, at at, at home to make sure that you are not um, going back to these places. So I just want you to know that that resource is available in case listening to that, those episodes and everything else that I share on this podcast, um, if you're needing something more, you can find that by going to blackgirlsheal.org slash no contact. Again, it's blackgirlsheal.org slash no contact. You keep it forever. You keep all the updates. In fact, this though... The, I actually just recently refurbished it before posting last week's episode. That's partly why I was waiting on doing last week's episode, because I was like, I want to um, expand on these lessons. I want to add to it. I want to elaborate on things. So that is there for you. Um, so I hope that that is helpful. And yeah. All right. So let's go ahead and jump into the, today's episode going from love avoided to love available listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Okay, so I have a question for you. On a scale of zero to five, where zero is, I don't think about it at all, and five is I'm fully connected, how on top of your hormone health are you? If you say zero to one, it is time to build that connection Your hormones and your cycle are central to your overall functioning and regulating your body will completely transform your mental, emotional, and physical health. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality and it shows. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. Now here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors, like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. And even though it helps for more than just menopause, Hormone Harmony is great for any horrible menopausal symptoms that put a woman's life on hold, like hot flashes and night sweats, raising thoughts, low mood, poor sleep, feeling tired all the time, bloating and gas, lower sexual desire. Hormone Harmony can help with all of those things. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code BGH at checkout. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. So let's talk about love avoidance and love availability. So for those of you where this is new for you, here on Black Girls Heal, we talk about intimacy disorders. We talk about ways that our childhood trauma has shown up in our adult relationships across the spectrum. Friendship, romantic, family, a relationship with ourselves, co-workers, and everything else. And it impacts how we let people in or we don't let people in. And it impacts how we may think we're letting people in, but we're really not letting people in. And it affects our self-esteem and all that stuff. And so the three intimacy disorders that we really focus on are love addiction, love avoidance, and love deprivation, a.k.a. love anorexia, depending on what circles you have been in before and what they call it. Um, we call it love deprivation here. And all of these are patterns that we use to keep people out, to keep us safe, um, to keep try to keep people close. And it, it there is subconscious, really, for the most part. A lot of times we cannot distinguish between what is healthy and functional, and what is a learned behavior and a coping response. And also what might be healthy and functional in some contexts, but not all contexts. And we have crossed line to where we do it all the time. We use a hammer for everything when really we need to be more flexible and learn how to use screwdrivers and drills and um, wrenches and all those other things. So when it comes to love avoidance, love avoidance is the pattern of persistently putting up walls to avoid being emotionally overwhelmed and intruded upon by other people. Someone who operates in the pattern of love avoidance for the most part, even if... I'll say this before I give that disclaimer... People who operate in love avoidance may desire their freedom, their independence, their ability to feel safe and not emotionally smothered and overwhelmed by people. They want to feel, um, I might already say this word but they they want to feel independent and as if they can own their own um, identity and environment, which all those things sound really great, but it comes at the cost of letting others in. Because when we talk about using the same tool for everything, a love avoidant person does not know because they've never had the experience of being in healthy love, friendship, relationship with someone that is mutually beneficial, that is enriching, that is enjoyable. For them, they are in a pattern of love avoidance because Intimacy and love and connection in the past has meant that they are taking away from you. It's meant that they are depleting you. It means that they are trying to use you, trying to control you, and or um, even if those words feel very strong. For the most part, when I meet love avoidance, they are very good at taking care of other people, either because they are volunteering to do it or they're surrounded by people who are codependent on them and by nature, they are codependent on the person as well. So they're always, you know, love avoidance, even if they keep people out, are super generous, are super intuitive, are super empathic, and it is much easier and safer for them to focus their energy on giving to other people. As not only a function of who they are as generous, insightful, helpful people, but also as a defense mechanism. If you were able to see me right now, you would see me in doing motions of as I'm giving to other people, like I'm pushing away, like I'm pushing out this positive energy, but there's not anything coming back. For that to come back to me would feel like way too much. For the most part, most of us who are love avoidance, we don't know how to receive help. It feels um, intrusive. Sometimes it can feel demeaning, like how dare you offer to do this for me? Are you trying to say I don't have it? I got it. Um, It can feel dangerous. It can feel as if they are going to try to use it against us. So we will repel help, love, generosity, gifts, attention, um, because we think it comes at a cost. Again, Well, actually, I don't think I've said it this episode, but I've said in previous other episodes and other times is that we have learned for the most part that or many of us have learned that if someone does something for us, it either had to be earned by us proving that we deserved it. So by getting A's, by being pretty enough, by making them happy, by taking care of them, or if it initially came as if it was just the generosity of their heart, they want to throw it in our face later on. They were going to use it against us later on. So as love avoidance, we learned how to be super resilient and self-sufficient and not need anybody because we know the cost that comes with that. We know the embarrassment. We know the the threats. We know the games that come with it, and we rather just not do it. So we have learned how to be very good at taking care of our own and not needing things from needing things from other people. But what I hadn't said before that I'm going to say now is that the problem with love avoidance and trying to get yourself to a place where you don't need anybody or need anything is that unfortunately you are a human being and as human beings we are wired for connection we are wired for love that is not evidence of being weak or not strong enough I think so I think many of us spend lots of years of our time trying to kind of gaslight and pressure ourselves to where we are content living in our little boxes and uh, we're like okay well i know i'm lonely right now but you know it's really not worth being in these relationships or it's really not worth trying to do all that stuff i wish i had friends or i wish i had this relationship but really it's not worth all the drama that comes with it so i'm just going to focus on me So we focus on me and we wait for the month, we wait month after month, year after year for us to finally get to a place where we really don't truly need intimacy and connection, but that doesn't come. And it causes more resentment, it causes more bitterness, it causes more loneliness. So here's here's a couple of things that can, can be true at the same time. It can be very true that you have had real interactions and traumas every time you have put yourself out there when it comes to romantic, friendship, and family relationships. You are not making that up, that actually happened. And you have learned, and you have actually gotten burned every single time. And it could also be very true that you are sick of it, that you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, and for you, the pain of being alone is more beneficial or more uh, acceptable for you versus the pain of putting your, health, your heart out there and then getting stomped on and used and abused. Absolutely, that can be true too. And I want y'all to still understand or I want to plant a seed for you that there are there's a third option. There is an option where instead of you having to be alone all the time in and, and, and aims of self-preservation so that you don't get traumatized anymore, or to go and be in these really dysfunctional friendships and romantic partnerships and narcissistic parents and all that stuff instead of you putting yourself out there as a the second option. The third option is that we can learn how to choose and be available only for people who are healthy for us. We can learn how to move to a place where we are available So that people can come in who want to love us and also that we can be available so that they can get to know us and also so that we can get to know them. I've said this in previous episodes, too, about intimacy disorders. When I talk about love addiction is that love addiction is for sure intimacy disorder. And it's it's the one that love avoidance, for the most part, swing into whenever you do start to put yourself out there. So as a love avoider, you will spend so much time keeping yourself back, making people have to prove how good they are making, making them have to prove that they're trustworthy. You're reading, you're reading the room, you're spending time to, you're putting out tests, you know, just to see if they pass or fail. You're doing all this very intense stuff. And then when you finally decide to, to give somebody a chance You're in, (laughs) and so you go from one end, one extreme to the other. I'm either all out or I'm all in. But the person that you choose to be all in with betrays you, uses you, cheats on you, changes their mind. Um, They're unavailable in some way, and it just reinforces that hurt and that core belief that you have that either everybody's going to leave, people change their mind, I'm not enough. Love isn't real. Whatever that core belief is, you found the one person that's going to reaffirm that for you instead of the risky thing of putting yourself out there for someone who's available. So I brought up love addicts because love addicts, someone who's in the middle of their love addiction, whereas where you're like compulsively and obsessively attached to a person, a relationship or the fantasy of who you want that person or relationship to be and mistaking that intensity for love. You are so good at putting yourself out there and making yourself super available for somebody who doesn't see you at all. That person is never going to turn around and look at you and say, so Sheena, we talk about me all the time. What is it that you want? What, what is it that you need? No. Okay. How's your day going? All right. You said it's okay, but I want to hear more. You said nothing happened. No, something's got to happen. Sit, sit here and talk to me. They are never going to sit and actually force you to show up fully. Right? So, a love avoidant person who is so fear of being intruded upon and engulfed by somebody else, suffocated by somebody else, it is very, it is not very likely that you are going to initially be a- attracted to and to a- enjoy someone who is securely attached, someone who's available, who's going to turn to you and say, you know what, Rebecca, we talk about me all the time, let's talk about you. You are going in all of your tricks of changing the subject, of telling a joke, of making light of the situation, of trying to talk about them, of telling just a shallow part of what's going on, but not actually getting to your emotions. None of that stuff works with people who actually love you and want to get to know you. And that stuff is infuriating. It is annoying. It's scary. It feels too much. It feels rude. It feels like, why do you need to know all that? Like, It's like, look, I'm just here trying to hang out. Why are you trying to get deep? Because we have never had that experience of someone actually wanting to get to know the essence of us versus what we can do for them. And and it's jarring. It is so jarring. And if we have had that experience, most likely they've been a narcissist or someone who has used whatever we've told them against us, right? But to be fully loved and seen by somebody else, flaws and all, is not only stripping and exposing, but it is the most healing, it's the most cleansing, it's the most relieving and heart-touching and and fulfilling experience that you can have. Just think about and consider. I'm going to get into the difference between the two being love avoidant to love available, but I just for those of you who relate to being love avoidant, I want you to just notice all of the tension that you carry in your body and your shoulders and your gut and your mind and your heart and your nervous system like The bracing that you have to do to be on guard all of the time because you do not have a safe space, a safe person, a safe group, and it doesn't have to be romantic. Our friends can be our soulmates. We can have family members who truly are, you know, the mother-father figures that we needed, even if they were not biologically our mother-fathers, you know. Um, That soul connection comes in many forms. But how stressful that is for you to carry that on all the time, to have to always be looking over your back, to never have a safe space to land. And just imagine that you find that person or those people to find that tribe that you can be that with, that you can have disagreements and still repair it. You know, to be, to for a place to be that safe space does not mean that discord never happens. It doesn't mean that it's always... Butterflies and rainbows and um, all night laugh fest. That's absolutely a part of it. But also shows you that you can be in connection and community with someone without one of you cutting tail and running. That what a gift to be able to be fully you and for them to be fully there and to be fully loved, right? And that doesn't come without risk. And for those of us who are love avoidant, who are currently in that state, we have had. We've put our hearts out there for so long, so many times, only to be disappointed in the end. And those are real things that have happened. And, and the people who have done those things to us, or if we have been the person who has done those things to other people, right? It has been more about what they have gone through and what their stories are versus whether or not, one, everybody in the world is like this. And two, whether or not we deserve to be treated like this because we don't. And also, number one, it's also not true. Okay. So it is up to us to be willing to pivot, to look at things a different way, to put ourselves out there. Part of working through love avoidance, which is why I think this is harder and scarier than love addiction. Love addiction is absolutely painful with breaking that process, cutting people off who are toxic for you and all that stuff. But once you move through love avoidance, I mean, love addiction, that's when you get into love avoidance if you're not already there. But love avoidance is so scary because there is no, there's no amount of books. There's no amount of information that's going to make you ready to take that next step. You may learn, you know, in our coaching programs or in something else, you may learn what it looks like for someone to be available, and what the green flags look like and what your patterns were that made it, um, that made you continue to make these mistakes without you knowing that you were making it. I mean, we're all doing the best we know how with the information we have, right? And then once we know better, we can do better. But there's no amount of preparation that's going to um, get you ready and fearless when it comes to initiating a difficult phone call. When it comes to telling someone you love them first, when it comes to telling someone, I'm sorry, when it comes to telling someone you need them, girl, we're, we're, we're going to have to do that afraid. That is part of the availability process is sometimes showing up afraid um, and taking that risk. But only with the people who have shown you that they can receive it. Not people just because you want them to be available. We can't, we can't wish and... We hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Attention to all my proud plant parents. It is time to give all of your plant babies the best nutrition you can, starting from the bottom up. And that starts with the best soil to help them grow happy, nourished, and strong. Coast of Maine is an organic soil brand that is approved for organic growing and has been sourced from ocean waters and farms for over 28 years. With a full range of products that support every garden and lawn, Coast of Maine products are made to restore roots to the natural world. If your soil lacks appropriate nutrients for a success, We hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Overshare and overdump and try to therapize and become somebody's caseworker to try to repair them to be who we want them to be. We got to take people for who they are, okay? Ladies, I am so excited to share that for this podcast episode, I've partnered with eHarmony, the dating app that helps people find real, genuine connection. And for me, this app has absolutely held true to their promise, connecting me to a truly incredible relationship and partnership with someone who truly gets me. Dating apps can be so hard when it comes to filtering through persons who you may not have anything in common with or who may not be super serious about the process and committed. So, join the dating app that helps users find their most authentic relationships. eHarmony, get who gets you and start free today. Hey, uh, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Now, with all that said, let's talk about the journey from going from love avoidance to love available. So we're going to do three factors for each. The first factor of being in love avoidance or being love avoidance is that you have an extreme fear of being suffocated, which I've actually kind of gone over in detail. But this fear of someone coming in and trying to change your whole life, trying to um, take over, um, not listening to you, asking more than what you're willing to give. Uh, I often see this with people who are love avoidant when it comes to uh, when they are dating or I guess even if you are already in a committed relationship, you can apply what I'm about to say to this too. But it comes with not wanting to share their time. That's that's the most common denominator that I see across the board is that um, you know even if it starts off really nice at first, you're really feeling them and all that stuff and you're having a good time, when they start calling you more and when they start wanting to actually hang out, especially hanging out consistently... It's like, yo, I got a life. What you want? Like, like I'm busy. (laughs) Leave me alone because you don't know that it is very reasonable for someone who likes you to want to spend time with you. And what you've been praying for is for someone to be consistent. What you've been praying for is for someone to not do all the emotional labor for you. And here you have somebody who is showing up and showing out for you. But that can be very, again, jarring. It can be very. Uh, it could feel like you're they're crossing boundaries. Uh, you know, someone who's who struggles with love avoidance loves control. And as much as it's like, okay, I want you to do these things. Like them just actually popping up and doing things. Sometimes it's like, yo, I didn't tell you to do it today on Tuesday. You can do this on Friday, but not today on Tuesday. You know, <laughs> like all of these unspoken rules that we have as love avoidance. And I know you and I see you because I am you. <laughs> I, I, I know how I want my texts to sound. I know when I want them to come through. And I know what type of voice like it. Y'all, <laughs> what I tell you working through love avoidance is such a, a, a hard journey. I didn't want to use the word hard. It is a very um, rigorous journey. It's worth it. But you will learn lessons along the way about what it looks like to be available. But not only about the difficulty with sharing time, it being about you're not used to people um, um, liking you. I think it's also more evidence or just as evidence of the lack of balance that many of us need to learn how to create in our life. It is so great and it's important to have a full, healthy life a life that is full of you working on what your purpose and your talent is, your work, of you having healthy relationships with your family, healthy relationships with your friends, that you have hobbies, that you sleep. All of those are important things. But if you actually want, and of course, now I'm actually really talking about romantic relationships, but this can also reply, apply to friendships too. Um, and I guess family too, all the domains. Whatever it is that you want that you feel like you're missing in your life, Do you actually have space for it? Are you intentional about creating space for it? And also, are you open to whoever and however you want these connections show up in your life? Are you open to sharing time? Are you open to fully integrating them into their life? Or do you only have a box available on Thursdays between 6 and 8 and Mondays between 2 and 3.30? And that's all they got. And... I want you to consider on your end, if you met somebody, if you met someone who was like, I only have these certain time boxes for you every week, at first, depending on what state you're in, I think if you're in your love addicted state, and you're still working on codependence, and you're still working on your self worth, I think you will look at that and be like, okay, that's fine. I can make it work. Um, Versus girl, you deserve you deserve the time that you want. it you deserve to be attended to you deserve to be loved you deserve to be enjoyed mutually enjoyed so if someone is like hey out of 168 hours a week I only got three or four and even then I'm going to be distracted for half of that time because I'm on my way someplace else I need you to move around I need you to move they're not ready they are not ready to have an intimate loving connection if if the if what you want from that relationship is intimacy and love, then that's not the right place. For some of you who are like, I just want their money. <laughs> I just want whatever these other resources that they have, but I really don't care about the connection, then do what you do. But if you want intimacy and love and connection, that amount of time and those amount of restrictions is not healthy. But going back to those of us who are struggling with sharing that time, this is where the, under, um, the um, underlying work is really needs to come into place for you personally that I'm not going to be able to get into into detail on the episode but where what comes up for you when I say sharing time when I say inviting them to be a part of your life even what is the fear what is the anger what is the resentment what is, what's the rage What is the hurt? What is the, or is it numb? Do you go completely numb? Like you were rocking with me until I started saying that stuff, right? Like that is all signs that there is something deeper going on with you. Um, and when it comes to this and again, real pain, real lessons you've had to learn, but we got to find the balance between the two with you learning how to be, Taking those lessons and staying self-aware for when someone does try to take over your life, when someone is abusive, when someone is controlling, when someone isn't a good fit and you're trying to make it work. You're, y'all got two totally different lifestyles and you're bending and twisting yourself to try to fit who you think they want you to be. And you learn the lesson, I'm never going to do that again. Take the wisdom of those lessons. But can we expand it to be in a place of balance where you can be available for the people who can fit into your life, who do want to get to know you? Right. And so um, the difference between a love avoidant who may fear being suffocated and trapped is that someone who is love available is going to move towards the other person for a connection. They are going to both initiate and be receptive to someone else's bid. As long as they're still giving green flags and showing respect and aligning with where they are in their life, they are going to move towards them for connection. They're not going to move away. The difference between a love avoidant and a love available person is that a love avoidant will desire connection. This is the second point. They will desire connection, but at a far, far distance, which I've also talked about a lot, right? So I want you, but I want you when I want you and how I want you. And I want to be able to see you, but you don't need to be in my space. And I need to know where you are, but I really don't need to be with you. Like I I really just want to have my own Um, but be very loosely connected, if connected at all. And someone who is love available desires to know the other person and also to be known by them. When I started working on my love avoidance, I noticed that it wasn't enough for me anymore to have these shallow conversations with people. And I've always been able to have really good conversations with my friends. So it wasn't like, you know, we were talking about other people and all that other stuff. Um, We were talking about things, so we could talk for a while. But um, it wasn't enough for me to not share what was going on with me, good and bad, for me to talk about the moments I needed to be able to talk about the moments I was scared and the moments I was happy. And I needed to be in relationship with people, too, who were willing to do that with me. I wasn't willing to be the one who was the one who was always the one trying to connect, and I wasn't also willing to be the one who was the counselor on the phone. And this is outside of what I do, just like this person who, um, and, and it wouldn't even be in an unhealthy dynamic where they were trying to be depleted. They were trying to deplete me. But I was so used to being the listener to where they would say things like, know, we always talk about me. We don't talk about you. So they would be inviting me to share, but I didn't share. I didn't share because oh, I really don't have anything going on or, Oh, yeah this happened but yeah i worked through it actually i can't remember i don't know if i even really share things or i would probably share things in a really funny way right to where uh, we would end up laughing about things and i'm maybe i might share a feeling or two but the focus would be on the story versus me right and that doesn't work for me anymore if i can't cry with you and cry for you if we can't crack jokes if we can't um, talk about love and heartbreak, if I can't encourage you and you can't encourage me, and it's not reciprocal, and we, if if I don't have friends that can do all the things, then it's not going to work. But I got to that place because I came that per- I became that person. I became open to that. I became available to it. Um, because yeah, I could spend hours on the phone and not really say anything about me um to anyone or hours hanging out and everything and having a really great time but they never really got to know what was going on with me um the third factor of love avoidance versus love availability is um someone who is struggling with love avoidance uh is attracted to those who will hold the emotional energy for both of you versus to someone versus someone who is love available is only attracted to people who give and receive mutually. So let's focus on the first one. I'll say it again. Someone who's love avoided is only attracted to those people who hold the emotional energy for both. The reason why typically love addicts and love avoidants get together. It is, y'all, it's the yin to the yang, right? It is is the two halves that come together perfectly um, for, because one is willing to overgive an energy and one just has to sit back and receive. And at first, someone who is love avoidant loves that energy, is engaging, It's fun, It's attractive. You love the fact that they are so into you. <laughs> you love the fun that you have together. And um, you just really just kind of have to be there. Right. And this is across genders. This is called across relationship status. Um, it really works for you. But it. The problem is it doesn't require you to show up. And also because it's more of them doing it and you're still not really liking to be smothered and overwhelmed, you start to resent the person. When you're not an active part of it and they're the ones doing all the emotional labor, after a while that starts to get old. Um, Or maybe from the beginning it might even be old a little bit. But uh, you start to feel like they are asking you for too much uh they don't chill out with it they just want more and more and more so you feel like it's insatiable it feels um like it's an energy drain and this is not just people again who are who are truly trying to drain your energy and who are very codependent um and they don't really know how to take care of themselves this is also for people who are securely attached um it just feels like it's too much all the time um versus someone who is love available you're looking for someone who is going to meet you where you are, they're going to initiate, and you're going to be true partners. Um, You're going to be true peers. Again, romantic, uh, family, friendship, or otherwise. You only want people who are going to show up in the same respect that you are, um, in the same depth as you are. And I think, here's what I'll say about that, because I was just thinking about how many of us have friendships especially, where they're giving you the same energy that you are. I think, the healthier you get, your standards of what that looks like changes. So y'all might be having a really great conversation, but what I've seen happens with women, especially when it comes to their friendships, is that they start to pay attention to the type of advice that they're getting and the type of advice that they're not getting from their friend, the type of support they're getting and what they're not. And they're looking for people who have more emotional maturity, more emotional awareness, who are also doing their own personal self-development growth and so the availability is not just whether or not they'll answer the phone all the time whether or not they'll try to be there for you and protect you is what access do they have to their own internal resources that they can help give to you to help you grow and mature or are you the one who's moving on moving further um and they just aren't catching up they don't get it you know there's a lot of different responses that happens when that um when those transitions occur. So it could be just like you've changed, you think you're better than me. It could just be, oh, I I really just don't understand. It could be for a while that you do merge without you intending to, but you merge into kind of a mentorship role and your friend either gets inspired by it and she comes along or she stays exactly where she is. And you have a decision on whether or not, you know, you continue to be the friend that, I guess it's on this higher level. And if she's open, if she's not threatened by that, that she continues to be in a relationship with you. Or if you move to a place where like, I need my inner circle to be able to meet me where I am, then you not necessarily unfriend her or defriend her, but that you move some other people up who are more where you are, who are more on your level. And, you know, all of that can be really hard, especially with people that you, Have known for years that you have like a sisterhood relationship with and everybody's on their own journeys. And it doesn't mean you won't ever come back together. But if someone isn't giving you the emotional needs that you have right now, if they're not meeting you, meeting those needs right now, then it's it's okay for you to pivot. You are not obligated to stay in one place and in hopes of protecting somebody else from what you think might be rejection, what you think may be abandonment. Um, they have their own path they have to walk. Just like you've been walking this this path to get to where you are, to get to what you know, to get the type of life that you are, that you have either created or working to create. They have to do that work too. And you staying there and staying stagnant is not going to get them closer any faster. In fact, it might even do the opposite because you may be un- unknowingly reinforcing what codependence looks like. That. You know, we don't we don't leave the family. We stay exactly where we are, that you're selling out if you leave and we all deserve to evolve, to grow, to become the people that we've always been destined to be, to because that creates the legacy of healing and change. So if you have friends that don't want you to shine and who are not comfortable even embracing their own shine and they're not open to doing the work to get there, it's totally okay if you're like, Okay, what What is the way that I can be available here if I want to be available? But what's the way I can be available here to her or to them while still taking the steps that I need to for myself? So um, that is the breakdown of The transition from going from avoidant to being more available, having more openness, uh, initiating conversations, initiating knowing how to communicate or initiating communicating with people, being more vulnerable with them about your feelings and things like that, only being attracted to people who want you as much as you want them, uh, you making time, you sharing with them, you learning how to find that balance between being that independent, resilient person, but also being interdependent, learning how to need and also be needed and it not be the same thing as codependence Um, is possible. It exists and it's available for you. So I hope this also put words to some things that you may have been transitioning in. If you're already moving in these places of availability, I hope that this has been affirming to your growth and I hope that you continue to move, to press on, to move forward and to press on because you got this. For those ready to take the next step and working through this and you would like some support in this and more in-depth tools and breaking down what the replacement behaviors for this looks like, the Recovery School is the next best step for you. Our self-healing track will be launching at the beginning of November, so would love for you to join us there. You can go to blackgirlsheal.org slash program when you are ready to join and you can start immediately. The program is geared towards helping you heal from the symptoms of love addiction, love avoidance, and love deprivation, improving your self-love, and especially your self-care and moving forward. And the no contact kit is included. And you also get to pick one of our other bonus mini courses to really focus in on what it is that you want to work on, whether or not it is love deprivation, whether or not it is dating, whether or not it is something else that we talk about here on the podcast. So we'd love for you to join us. You can go to blackgirlsfieldorg program. And I hope to see you there. So that's it for today's episode. I'm sending all of you love and I can't wait to see you in the next one. That's it for now. Take care of yourselves. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors.